welcome to Kootenai Lives. I'm your host, Tim, and this is a podcast where I find and talk with amazing people in the Kootenays. This time I found Riley near Six Mile in Nelson. Hey, son, where you headed? Oh, there's a show tonight, Dad. Oh, who are you going with? Where's the show? With KK and Darren. It's at the Squash Club. Oh, right on. What kind of show is it? It's an electronic show. Oh. So let me guess. No one's going to have clothes on. Everyone is high on dopes and pills and glow-in-the-dark sticks, bouncing and sweating like it's the seventh layer of hell. And music is pounding. Through every gyrating body making priests and deacons weep from Invermere to Midway. Probably not a Jim Reeves CD in sight. Probably not one Jim Reeves CD. Does that sound about right, son? Maybe not Jim Reeves, Dad. Oh, no worries, kiddo. Just text me when you're done if you want to ride home, all right? Awesome. Thanks, Dad. We'll do. You better. Love you, kiddo. Love you, too. Riley runs 909 Events BC, and his shows are popping up all over Nelson. And he's finding his way in the electronic music world in these very Kootenays. I was welcomed at the door by Riley's brother, Jack. We chatted in the sun-soaked living area, which was overlooking Kootenay Lake. And uh, we talked about life and the speakers we were looking at. And presently, we were joined by Riley, fresh out of the shower, fresh as an afternoon daisy, poking his head out and blew it. My impressions from the start were that these brothers were kind, intelligent, and driven in an approachable way. Let's jump right into the conversation with Riley. Yeah. We're with Riley from 909. 909. Yo, yo. Does it just say 909? Uh, 909. I mean, 909 Events BC is... Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. ...is kind of the company that uh, that I've, st- I've started working on. Yeah. And then Brunch 909 is my artist name that I'm going by. I also have music released under brunch.wave. Um... So there's kind of a backstory to all of that, but I'm happy to kind of get going. Yeah, first just the or... 909. What is that? What's the 909? So 909 is a drum machine. Oh. It's like an electronic, uh, the Roland TD or TR909, something like that. Um, but basically, I might have just butchered that. So sorry to any like huge analog. Can't believe you said that. Yeah, but basically, <laughs> the 808 and the 909 are like the two drum machines that kind of define the so- the sounds of like hip hop and electronic music. Hip hop for the 808 and electronic music for the 909. Electronic music still uses uh, 808s all the time in things like trap when you think of like an 808 kick drum it's like that boom boom oh, yeah, yeah yeah whereas 909 when you think of like the like the boots and cats that's kind of like the 909 uh so basically i'm very passionate about house music yeah. the 909 drum machine is you know what's used in a lot of house music and i use it in a lot of my music so it's just kind of like a something that like uh kind of like a tag that I think works to associate to, you know, like the crew of people that were kind of... Right. Um, like for me, just looking at it, I, I saw 909, I knew it was electronic. Yeah. First. Sure. I, don't know, I didn't even know what it was. Right. right? Cool. But I just knew interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I know 808 and all the songs, the hip hop songs. Yeah. You know, you're loving that 808. Now it all makes sense. I thought they were talking about an area code in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> to learn. You got a show coming up tomorrow. 
It's in Nelson, right? Yep. Yeah. At the or sorry, went to a show at the Eagles Club last weekend or the Eagles Hall. Um, shout out to Dose. They threw an awesome yeah. event there. Um, but the event this weekend is at the Squash Nelson Squash Club. Oh, that um, nice. Eight p.m. tomorrow. We're about ninety percent sold out right now. So super exciting. We have um, myself and three other DJs, Acacia, Sherm, and Meraki, um, and it'll be some sweet house and techno music. Yeah, I saw you listing like, some of the info on the other artists, too, like yeah. backgrounds on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and the branding's beautiful. What kind of room is it at the Squash Club? I, mean, I know what I'm picturing, but yeah. what is it actually like? Sure. So it's actually not in the Squash. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so th- there's like... The lounge, and yeah. then there's the which has the bar, and kind of that's where it'll be. Oh, nice. um, and it's got an interesting vibe to it. And we're gonna be just like projecting some cool visuals and doing some cool stuff um, with that. And then um, the sound should be on point. We have the high fidelity sound system um, that using the Function One speakers, so. Uh, yeah, it should be an awesome night. All right, I got a question for you. Sure. So like, you, you're doing these shows now, and you got into the music. Like, what was the moment? Was there a moment in your life where you're like, "Man, I can do that." Not only I can do that, <laughs> but I really like this sound, and I want to do it. Sure. Yeah. You, you remember that moment? Uh, there's been a couple. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so let's let's go back. Uh, so. I grew up in Guelph, Ontario, and um, in Ontario, there's a big music festival in Toronto called Veld Music Festival. It's probably the biggest electronic music festival in, well, Chambla is probably up there, Chambla and Veld. Um, but Veld is more like mainstream, um, and it's in a huge open field in okay. Downsview Park in Toronto. And I think they get like something like 15 or 20,000 people a day. And it's just a massive festival. And so I went there for the first time and had a pretty crazy time. I'll spare you some of the stories, but that was when I really knew that electronic music was like uh, what I was super passionate about. So I kind of went home and prior to this, I kind of been DJing a bit, but this is when I really got into seriously DJing and um, with my friends and deleted all of the rap music off off of my library at the time and was just full into house. I've since gotten back into hip hop yeah. and have re-downloaded, but uh, I was pretty, <laughs> pretty committed at yeah. the time. So that was when I was like 15 or something like that. And, um, yeah, and then basically, like, I was going to clubs underage, like, with my buddy, or with my brother using his ID and their buddies and stuff, and so I was super into the music and wasn't really gigging um, yet, and then I moved to uh, Ottawa and for university, went to Carleton, and uh, started going to City at Night and seeing some unreal DJs, like, Return of the Jaded, he's a local DJ in Ottawa who's, like has tracks that are kind of blown up internationally millions of plays type of thing and super humble guy super nice guy and he was a mentor for me along with like matt j dub another kind of more local guy in ottawa still unreal sound um like a minimal house sound return of the jaded has like a tech house sound i'm happy to chat about that a little bit further in a bit but um so i was super inspired and 
I went to Berlin on an exchange to visit my ex-girlfriend that we were dating at the time. And I saw DJ Boring and I was like pretty much sober. And he was one of my favorite DJs. I have, <laughs> I have his record like over there. And uh, I was like, in that moment, I was like, I need to start making music. I was like, I need, like I'd tried before, but in that moment I was like, it's it, like, yeah, this needs to happen. So I flew back home and started working on music and started doing piano like five days or four days a week during the week, Monday to Thursday, just teaching myself piano. And on the weekend I would commit myself to like at least five hours and producing at least one new track every weekend. So that was really how I learned to produce and like got the, like, and I did that for about a year or two. And then I burned out a little bit and kind of needed a break, but that was really where I got into the production and, and making music. And then um, somewhere along there, when I was kind of going out to City at Night and Mercury Lounge in Ottawa, um, I just had like people had some people at the university had told me, "Oh, you should start a club to do this. You should start it." And so I, eventually, I was like, "I can do this. Let's fuck it. Let's do it." And so I started this um, this. Carleton University House and Techno Club and yeah Yeah. so that was like where I first started really throwing events and um, so basically we did like five or six events Um, we did one at Babylon nightclub and then the rest at Mercury Lounge in Ottawa and I would do the posters like I'd make the posters I would work with the venues I would work with other DJs, like book the DJs, um, and yeah, like set everything up, the decorations and stuff like that. And then, um, kind of, it what we weren't, it wasn't as much ticket sales back then. We would do some, but um, and then we would get a cut of the bar at the end of the night. And like, nice. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's a pretty good show. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. And then I would yeah. try and pay people. Like I didn't, we didn't make that much money at the yeah, time. You're but it. Yeah, you're but it was it just yeah, it was a good time, and I was partying tons, and, yeah. and so it was like you know, good memories, that's the bad scene memories, sort of, isn't it? Like you're, is it like? Because I know the music starts. I know from going to lots of concerts is like you can stand there and you're staring at something. Music starts and takes over you, mm-hmm. and it's different for everybody. Yeah, but for you, obviously, you wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. So like at, at a show like this, the stig- there's, there's stigmas around everything, but the stigma around it is like people go to do drugs or yeah, something, right? For sure. Like in, an, in like the heavy metal scene or, or the rock scene or something, be, it could be violent in there. Sure. Which it's not. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. You're more likely to get punched at a country show. Yeah. yeah. You're way more likely. Yeah. But in this show, like people, are people there for the music, first of all? Mm-hmm. And how many people, can you tell... When you're in an, at a show doing an audience, like what the crowd's gonna be like, even before the music starts. And, oh. and in your experience, like how do you market to get the people to get the music first and then the party after or something? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Um, like, or does it matter? Because I, mean, I think it does. All for money, I, I think you're it not does. Paid millions of dollars. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's. Yeah, so diving into, there's a couple different components there. I think the first one is the sound, right? So each show in Nelson or any city or wherever um, will have different sounds to them. And so if you look at like rock, you have, you have like indie rock, you have punk rock, you have like metal, you have uh, whatever, like singer songwriter to like soul and there's just a lot of variance in there right like 
maybe it's not all actually rock. Maybe I'm kind of, but when you think about electronic music, it's kind of the same thing. Oh yeah. You have like dubstep, techno, house, uh, bass house. I'm super curious about like the differences between those. Yeah. So I'm more interested in deep house, like, um, classic house, minimal house, and then, you know, minimal techno, dub techno, like more chill stuff, more melodic stuff. Um, but I think that people like it's, it's, to me, it just sounds the best. And that's, I think why music is great is that it's subjective and everybody's different. Um, but the people on the West coast, or at least in Nelson really know what's good with music, which is awesome. Um, I think like for a town of what, like 12,000 people that the fact that there's a booming music scene where there's something going on, like every night of every weekend is pretty like incredible. Um, so I think that's, first of all, you have a scene that's of people who are willing to go out, young people from different parts of the world and just like people who are more open to trying different stuff. So I think that's one key element here that works really well um, because in most other scenes, you have a huge city of yeah. people, right? Like millions of people to capitalize on. And here, there's only 10,000, but people are still just down. Yeah. So I think that's one component. And then the other thing is, right, like the music is people know what sounds they want to go and listen to. And having those artists and having uh, a brand with kind of like a curated sound is super important. And I think people, um, I think there was a little bit of a gap in the market for um, like house and techno and stuff like that. Like there are uh, niche other uh, event people who are throwing events in Nelson who are doing dope stuff. Um, But I think the sound that we're going for is a little bit more niche and a little bit different from the other people. And I think that as well, the sound quality that we're going for is super important. So overall, I think it's just like, um, yeah, I think it's like the branding, the experience, the music and the scene all come together and kind of create this perfect scenario. Yeah. You, do you have a, like, uh, I see you have some speakers over there. They look pretty, man. <laughs> but, like, the, you you can, like, you you can rent those out to people. Do you have a stage, too? Like, do you offer a stage, or do you have to, do you need a hall with the stage on it right now? Like, currently. Yeah, so, right now, I do not have a stage for rental. I have, um, I have a bunch of speakers for rental, um, including some Function 1, um, like, 12-inch yeah. loudspeakers. Uh, that are new and they're passive, so they require this massive amp to power them, um, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. But it's actually they actually run super efficiently. Um, so I do have that for rental as well as some projector mapping visuals. I have like a full DJ gear setup and mics and stuff like that. Um, as far as a stage, we're not quite there yet. I think it, it'll it'll we'll get there, um, but. Um, you yeah, foldable. As of right now, compact foldable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the screen in the back. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. That would be sweet. So if you're listening to this, and you have that, give me a call. Come on. <laughs> there needs to be a market. There is a market for it. There's just not available, man. Yeah. If someone was gonna build this stuff and fit in the back of your truck, or at least be pretty man, sweet. Holy shit. Yeah. Just a hitch and something ten feet long that you fold out into thirty feet. Right. Dear Lord. For sure. Dear Lord. Yeah. I think I we're mean, onto something here. Because you have this, you have the expensive stuff. Yeah, I you mean. You have the stuff you need. 
And then you can set it up, right? Would you set it up? For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically what you're looking at here is a 12-inch loudspeaker on the left and then two 12-inch uh, subwoofers on the right. Um, so I also have the Function Ones upstairs in my closet. Oh, yeah. And those are more for the audience. This is more like the speaker on the left for the DJ booth and then the subwoofer. So anyways, it's kind of suitable for like up to a party of... 200 people um two 200 300 people um there's another guy in town that has like a full massive like almost festival rig um it's hsd sound system so we're not quite there yet um and they're doing sweet stuff i think that they have a very powerful but again it's i think it's like a it's just a higher tier that's probably more suitable for like a 500 person festival yeah. like mini festival type of thing yeah um whereas this is more suitable and like i think what i was trying to go for is just really high crisp clarity whereas that is like just a beast of a monster of subwoofers that you'll feel like it's like that's kind of more for like dubstep based shows oh yeah so the different um i mean not it's all subjective yeah. like honestly you could have a bunch of different audio files like people who absolutely love sound and obsess over it sit in a room and listen to three different of like the best sounding speakers and one could they could all argue that they sound like different or better or worse and it's all subjective right, right? so at the end of the day it kind of depends like what do you prefer do you prefer bass boosted frequencies do you prefer an accurate do you prefer more highs like what do you what do you there's just different kind of preferences. Right. And so at the end of the day, for me, I want as accurate of a response right. as possible. Yeah, and you want like, I think like we're searching for a feeling, right? Yeah. Right? And it's searching for a feeling, and if you can create that. Yeah, exactly. If you can recreate the feeling that the producer had when they were in their studio or in their, like when they were jamming and making that yeah. song, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and typically with the style of house, like it's like, we're looking for quality audio where it's just like, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, that's probably enough about that. That's good, man. <laughs> we talked about the speakers. Sure. Now, done. Sure. Now I'm pumped about it. Now we know that we're well, doing I can certain parties, man. Because if you're going to have a party, how many friends could someone have? Like me? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, like in the cooties especially, you have like 200 would be a big party. Sure. In the cooties. Mm -hmm. Right? 200. So, like, that's a perfect size. But I, I, your brother mentioned, like, I just love this idea. I just want to talk about it again. Like, this tent idea you mm -hmm. have for, like, just smoking some reefer and sipping tea. Sure. And listening to loungy, more, like, laid-back beats. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and he, here's why I'm interested in it, is because that's, I'm like, that sounds so good, man. I sit there all day long. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the, the culture of, maybe it's not just music, but the whole culture of younger people coming up. Like, I'm right in the middle. And then the older people, they partied. And then they look down at people who still party. Because you think it's, like, as wild as it gets. And we've all tried that, right? As wild as it gets. But there's a movement now to not get completely obliterated all the time. And the more people I talk to, the more I'm finding out, wow, you're done. You're done the drinking and all the hard drugs. You're all done this stuff. Mm. It's killing people everywhere, right? Sure. And so you, you want this to, for people who are like, man, I just want to chill. Yeah. Because chilling is actually really neat yeah right now yeah for sure so like, how do you come up with something like that 
Is it just a personal experience? You've seen it before, maybe, but like the personal experience, like the vibe in there. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a cleansing yoga vibe, is what I'm picturing. Yeah, I think that's kind of the vibe that we're going for yeah. um, with it, but nothing set in stone yet. Um, in fact, yeah, it's kind of yeah. still early it's stage just an air. infancy. It's just an idea in the air. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, but definitely some some really cool possibilities and um, gonna see if we can make it happen um, at any festivals this summer um, so if you're listening yeah 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 but basically uh, let me kind of do, do this in two parts so the first part is just kind of about my sobriety so I quit drinking about two years ago and stopped doing all the other party favors that go along with that um, I had had a friend who passed away um, due to like mental health and all that kind of stuff. And so that impacted me. And I, I really wanted to see if I could do the sobriety thing. And that helped inspire me to keep stay sober. Um, so I did about like, I'm, a, I'm a, about two years no drinking. And I did like over 200 days of no weed. But then I was like, all right, yeah, I need I need something to, to you know just enjoy and I, I've always loved weed so basically um, since then I, I do smoke pot and and uh, I've had this idea my brother actually showed me this a while ago of this dude who was doing a he had set up this like cool tent and was spinning beats and was serving tea at a festival and it was just kind of this like tea lounge sober tea lounge for people to just like chill and mellow out and we had just kind of recently discussed it and I thought like that would be sweet and my tattoo artist and one of the DJs who is playing at this upcoming show Meraki um, um, kind of like re sparked this idea of just like setting up, like reaching out. Cause I know that I've heard that Shambhala has a couple secret stages. Um, I've heard, so I haven't been to Shambhala yet. Uh, I just moved to BC full time in September. Um, but I've heard that they have these two secret stages where they don't advertise them, but you can find them. And they, so they had basically suggested like, Hey, you should try doing this yourself and um like with your setup and i was like it's kind of a good idea and then i kind of went back to the tea thing that my brother this like instagram yeah. reel that my brother had sent me and i was like oh like what if i combine these two things okay. so now i'm thinking it could be really cool to do like hot tea and cold tea like you get you could have iced tea or oh, yeah. hot tea and have it just be like a loungy maybe some bean bags i don't know um, and then just like some chill, like deep house beats. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the idea. We'll see if it happens. I really like that idea. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, man. <laughs> really into it. Like the reason I don't, well, I'm old now, but I don't go to these parties because I don't like the, that feeling. It's not like, not like I'm traumatized by all, everything I've never done. Mm. But it's that I'm finished. Sure. Right. And, and I want a new... I want to remember it, mm. and I don't like, I don't like seeing people go off the rails as much as I used to. Yeah, it used to make me more comfortable if someone was off the rails. <laughs> For some reason, I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm not the only one. Off yeah, the yeah. Rails, right? Here comes the most off the rails guy. Not anymore. <laughs> look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But then hearing that, 
and you're probably like the sixth person in the last month I've talked to where I'm just shocked mm-hmm. that they're not ready to rip. Yeah. You know, you know, you got something to do. <laughs> yeah. And so this music gives you like something to and, do. And I like going skiing in the morning. You know, oh, yeah? like it's nice. Be- like not in the morning. Noon is my morning. You yeah, know, that's a nice but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just nice not being hungover and just being able like to go skiing or yeah. like just chill and not be because I've had a lot of bad hangovers and I'm, I'm sure you have too. <laughs> I've had them too, man. Yeah, yeah. So I've had one where I went to uh, Lake Louise to go snowboarding mm-hmm. and the hangover was so bad I didn't go up the hill. You know, been there. I've never forgotten that. Yeah, all that effort. Packing everything up, yeah. meeting friends, and we're all just sitting there going, "Can't make it up." <laughs> we, none of no one made it yeah, up. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they came from even further away. And it's like, and it's, your life just goes. You saw it, and the door window closed. Yeah. And then you don't even remember how fun the party was. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like, um, you know, you 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 learn how to appreciate the moment a little bit better when you're not as mangled. You right. can just enjoy it. Just stay less mangled. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoy. Like I'm not. I don't want to judge anyone who's doing it because some of us have like these things that you've got to get over. Yeah. And sometimes and you got to booze your way out of it or, or drug your way out of it. But sure, and, and it doesn't really help. Like honestly, it and, helps for a while, but and then you got to find like 909. <laughs> boom. Right? Yeah. And a certain sound. Like I'm not just into music, but like trail running. You, there's always something that you can find. That has the same sort of feeling. Sure. Right? Sure. And events are a huge one. Yeah. So I think you should, like, the Kootenays is a place where you can explore. Uh-huh. You came from from Ontario. Yeah. And you know it already. You see a small niche that you can just fit right in there. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's this guy and this guy and this guy. That's awesome. They're all doing that. There's no sense in fighting about these things. Just find a different yeah. little avenue. Yeah. For sure. This is like... Try, try something new or even just in a different way, right? Like, to yeah. just do it. If you're inspired and you feel like you, um, like, if you want to be playing as a DJ at shows, just throw your own. It's like, that's the, that's the number one key to becoming, like, to playing. It's just throw (laughs) your own event. Because that's how you get, like, you can just book yourself. And it's easier said than done, but it's not... It's not that hard. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Maybe to reach do. out to you too. Sure. Right? Yeah, and yeah, that's another not thing. Not even just to play with for pointers or something. Sure. Maybe you yeah, I'm always happy to chat, yeah. and I am look always looking for new talented people to play. And I, I think a part of the idea is to like give back to the community. And I think in the future we'll do like open deck nights where. The first hour or two, it's like anybody can come and we'll get, you know, maybe three or four people show up and they each get 20 minutes or half an hour to play on the decks um, to like get to play on like an industry uh, standard, like professional DJ setup in an environment that's just chill and supportive and people can play. Like that's something that I got the opportunity to do back in Ottawa when I was living there. Um, early on and it was a cool way to play and kind of meet people in the scene and like get you know be like hey like I want to do this and just show your face and I think it's a cool way to like get the community involved instead of just being it have it be like a one-way broadcast of being like me to you instead of like like community feeling of 
each other you know what yeah. i mean like communicating back and forth and supporting each other right and i think there's already a huge supportive scene in nelson which is awesome um yeah so you came from Ontario, so like the snowboarding is probably a bit better. Like, do you <laughs> in snowboard? Ontario, yeah, oh yeah, it's way better. In Ontario, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. I mean, here, like white, white water, you go to. Maybe yeah, go- white water is such a beautiful, amazing hill. It's yeah, hey. fantastic. Yeah, very lucky. We grew up. Me and my brother grew up in Ontario. And we used to ski at this hill called Chicopee. And it's like 20 seconds from, we would race from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. And it was like 20 seconds, top to bottom. And, uh, <laughs> and I grew up like that too. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, pines. you yeah. know, now being able to shred big mountains is, even though it's not the biggest mountain, it's a great hill. Yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. Like the Kootenays, is, is it a little more accessible you find than Ontario? Uh, I mean like for like getting to a big mountain or even having a choice or something. Yeah. Like what's it like? Yeah. Like, I haven't even snowboarded since I got here. Sure. Um, Fantastic. I mean, yeah, you have Red Mountain super close. You have all these mountains, like, within a five-hour drive. Um, Fernie, Panorama. um, You have, like, Lake Louise and Sunshine. Those are a little bit further. Phoenix over there, even. Salmo, smaller hills. And the red... Big white. Water. Yeah, Big it's white? just like right. there's yeah. so many hills that Revelstoke, it's like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's like heaven on earth if you grew up in Ontario and you're used to, you know, smaller mountains. Nice. It's, it's like, yeah, there was a moment when I was like, I can either keep living in Ontario and be miserable or I can quit my job and like move to BC and try something new and moved out here yeah. never look back yeah. you know so I think it's like a great place to be and I'm super happy to be out here and having the support to do this stuff it's been it's been super fun and nice. um, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot a lot of fun over the the future as well I think um, starting just I think we're just getting started yeah so yeah. Um, well, I love your vibes, man. Thanks, man. The Appreciate it. Beautiful. Appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like everyone should feel like a river. <laughs> like, like, it took me a while to learn it because I just had to do a job I hated, which was killing me. Sure. Of my own doing. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> but I never became a river. Yeah. I was just a tree. Sure. Which the trees are the very important. Yeah. I love trees. <laughs> more than rivers, even. But you got to be able to move around the rocks. You have to be that kind of person. And if you can't see around it, now I'm being a philosopher. Right. But if you can't like move around in the Coonies, find especially. Yeah. Like in Calgary, you can get a job, work, talk about your job, go do your job again, go on vacation, come back, do it again. Forever. And it's fine. Yeah. But time goes by and you're like, mm-hmm. you just became a block, yeah. a moving block. Sure. But here you're like, you'll run into a wall if yeah. you do that. Yeah. And you, you can either get mad at that wall and build yourself a fence and say, ah, ah. Yeah. Or for sure. go around it mm-hmm. and find a new way. Yeah. Because there's opportunities here that you're finding. So there's a little opportunity. If you got something, work on it and yeah. do it. Yeah. Man, I love it. Man. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, another important piece is to just like realize that you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. And you don't need to like hold on to toxic people or relationships or things that are not serving you. I think like a lot of people get stuck in their 
like habits and just like who they have been for their whole life and they're afraid to to do it differently right and if just taking that step and trying it can be like the most rewarding thing ever so yeah i mean and i think the kootenays like is a special place that allows for that kind of growth so um very grateful to be out here and to be able to to be on this land like uh it's pretty it's a pretty special place um i think i believe it's pronounced the cynics Sinaiks people. Right? And then um, Tunaka. Yeah. Tunaka. Tunaka. Wow. Okay, look what I'm doing. I learned that from like my wife's French. Okay. Ha. Tunaka. Yeah. They do that. Every other Tunaka. language basically in the world except us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You um, can do that very nicely. Yeah. Beautiful man. I think we'll leave it at that. Sure, sure. Yeah, that nice was that was super that. fun.